It is tempting to think that more leadership or some kind of improved leadership will help us and our organizations work better. But what if leadership was part of the problem instead of the solution? What if our understanding of it only maintained principles of the past, which no longer serve us well? That's what I explore in my book, Dare to Unlead, and today in this podcast. Join me and my guest, a person quoted in the book or in tune with its values, to learn from them what it takes to unlead and succeed together. Welcome to the bonus episode of the Dare to Unlead podcast. A bonus episode? Why? With this podcast series, I intended to give life to each chapter of the book. There are 11. Through conversations with people who have inspired it or are in line with what it calls for. So we've had brilliant guests share their thoughts, ideas and experiences. I loved interviewing Myron Rogers, Stove Boyd, Jeff Boudreaux, Lois Kelly, Lee Bryant, Susan Skrupski, John Husband and Harold Joshi together, Sharon O'Dee, Jennifer Sertle, Helen Bevan, and Peter Block. You may have noticed that my guests are quite diverse, men and women from at least three countries, plus one with me, from various fields of work, and yet... Looking back at this beautiful series of 11 episodes, I realized I had cultivated a form of entre-soi, or social grouping. All my guests are intellectuals, people rather privileged in terms of education and access to, to means and channels of expression, people who already have a voice, and quite a loud and powerful one even. But I didn't include the voice of the frontline workers, the factory floor. Think people who do not work in head offices, but on the production line or in local branches, in hospitals or on the road, people who are directly and permanently in contact with customers or patients or production, whose work can hardly be performed or not at all be performed remotely. In the United States alone, there were close to 32 million frontline workers in 2020, about half, 16 million in the healthcare industry. 82% of all workers in the US are frontline roles, and nearly 90% of all companies rely on frontline workers. So, any modern organization concerned with collective efficiency, innovation, and engagement owes it to its frontline employees to really engage them, to listen to them, of course, but also to actively involve them in shaping and driving change. This is what I advocate for in Debt Unlead, based on several real-life successful experiences in the pharmaceutical and other sectors. For this bonus episode, I turn to two of my former colleagues who have contributed to one of these experiences from the front line. Mrs. Lavanya Maduri Setu, based out of Hyderabad in India, and Mr. Luis Maldonado, who works in the US. So, Lavanya and Luis. Let's listen carefully to their stories and perspectives because they provide very precious insights to evolve and improve corporate leadership. Let's go! First, meet Lavanya. I'm Lavanya from uh, Hyderabad, India. So, so on a personal front uh, to tell, uh, I'm wife of uh, a person who proudly served the Indian Air Force for 20 years. 
and mother of a beautiful daughter uh, who is pursuing her masters in communication now um coming uh, to uh, the professional front i have done my masters in uh, biotechnology and i have uh, 16 years of experience in quality assurance in different roles so if you hear the acronym qa further down in this episode know that it stands for quality assurance the acronym gmp stands for good manufacturing practices kappa for corrective and preventive actions and sops for standard operating procedures if you're not sure just check the show notes now meet louis uh, i'm louis maldonado i've been in the pharma industry now for about almost 15 years and prior to that i was 15 years in the trucking industry in new york now i'm in swiftwater pennsylvania louis was and still is directly involved on the shop floor he worked in an entity called cart transfer which participates in a manufacturing process of egg based flu vaccines and what i was doing was actually taking the cars out of the incubation time into a refrigerator and that's due to quality both levania and luis have a long experience working with the shop floor or even on the shop floor I asked them to explain what work used to look like there before we change it together. And it was a regular working style for any QA person just fix SOPs, follow SOPs, ensure compliance all those things. And uh, so we have a regular interaction with the shop floor. So until a certain level of the person for example there is a in charge of a department who comes to us for um, because I was into quality systems management. I was not going to the shop floor regularly so we handle change controls deviations and gap assessments kappa all those things so they come to us to discuss on the quality systems so we were having a visibility until the middle management or the supervisor level but uh, not at the operator level so i was not aware whether they truly understand the systems or so they are executing so i was not fully aware so uh, we were only in contact with middle management and it was uh, not uh, i don't say it is difficult but it took uh, some like we have to convince them in certain cases to pull them into quality but yeah they they were aware of the processes of uh, compliance and all those things so it was okay it was i don't uh, on a scale i don't rate at a very highest or very lowest it was okay handling them so the kind of motivation engagement were a little bit at the lower side when working in shop floor i felt like i was working for the company but not being part of the company and that's a feeling that a lot of people in the shop floor feel they feel left out they feel that everything happens and during the day shift and not on the off shifts so what do you do you are a piece of machinery and you part of that machine because you feel so disconnected you're not interacting with leadership your managers are there to help you but it's not the same thing as being one department one one piece working together lavania luis and their co-workers were at the service of a system which like in many other organizations values expertise alignment and execution above everything else 
So uh, the regular uh, quality approach is like discuss with the shop floor, not I, I don't say shop floor, but at least discuss with the middle management. Think on whether if it is an observation uh, we get from audit or some kind of uh, deviation we had and we have a kappa, our focus will be on compliance. So what the regulatory guideline says, what is the need of the hour here? So we fix kappas. We prepare, we ask them uh, to prepare procedure or if it is quality, we prepare procedure. And then it goes into a document and then we conduct trainings. So this is a very kind of traditional kind of mindset. We, we say, see, you, you are working for a GMP company and you have to abide by the rules. Don't tell all these things. Follow the SOP. This is the classical way. This classical approach trusts that knowledge and instructions cascaded down through managers and internal communications deliver reliability, quality, productivity, and all things necessary to good business. And for a long time, it has. This approach, resting on fundamentals invented many decades ago as mass production began, has served us well. Until it didn't. We have changed as individuals, as workers, as citizens, as much as society, consumers, technologies, and business have changed too. We can't apply the recipes of the past and expect great outcomes today. Many organizations apply quick fixes and so-called change management, which do not change anything to their identity nor to the social dynamics among their members. But sometimes a paradigm shift happens. Along with Lavania and Lewis and others, I have been a contributor to one of these shifts. In this case, it started in quality, but it can really start anywhere else as well. Both Lavania and Lewis have been part of a global, cross-function and cross-level volunteer team invited to drive a much-needed change in the organization's work culture. After a call for volunteer issued across the entire company, they were picked by a jury of senior managers and volunteers among dozens of anonymized applications. I saw the application and I saw that I could actually help out in this need that the company needed. Why I say that? Because I wanted to be the voice of the shop floor. I call it the forgotten group. You're there every single day doing everything. Every day doing the same thing over and over and over. And you know what happens? There's a lot of people that have a lot of great ideas. So they're afraid to bring it up because maybe the manager might not be interested or getting rejection. And that's what I saw, that we could actually make changes to improve the process. The intention of this kind of approach is to create the conditions for a peer-to-peer -peer movement to grow that transforms interactions, that mobilizes individuals in a community of peers who care for one another. From there, collaboration and good work and continuous improvement emerge naturally. For more details about how it works, check out the book. Well, the big opportunity approach is from the bottom up. You get volunteers, people that are interested in making change, and together you make things happen. So this is the concept basically. So people owning the process. It is not that I am coming, this is my job from 9 to 5. 
i am working this i have to charge this media i have to wash this vessel i have to do this i have to complete uh, this process to close the change control no people owning the process it is not a, a robotic process you are a human being you have to work with heart as well not only mind connecting both so that we move ahead learning more things in collaboration a good example the standard operating procedures are written a long time ago and as the time go things should change but it never changed it was working fine why change it we look at it very different we do in the process we can make a change to make it better save time engage people that were not engaged and most important the quality how can we make it better and all that saved so much money to the company then we started doing it they said wow till today it's still going on like that we had one department that was making a lot of mistakes for many reasons why the equipment the timing the tiredness and that created problems throughout so now that delays the process so we got together and we decided well, how can we make these changes and avoid those issues and when you get that group together that working together say why don't we try this why don't we do that why don't we do this and the important thing is if your manager or leadership allows you to do things like that the company will do a lot better and that's what we did and we proved it out no mistakes for two and a half years straight no mistakes at all and when people start seeing these things wow let me do what they doing why was it not possible before because everything was top down you just go there you do your work and that is it you don't like it bye bye wasn't there any quality circle or things like that yes but if it's working nobody wants to make a change if it fails ah this is because we made this change that's why it didn't work but when we start making those changes and they saw the difference wow we should have done this years ago that's real continuous improvement fueled by the engagement and collaboration of people wherever they are in the organization and for everyone involved this new way of approaching work issues is an eye opener uh, we are not uh, robots we are human beings we have emotions inside we have so many things which impact our working style so that kind of uh, engagement motivation should continuously be there inside a human being and for that there should be some force to engage the workforce towards having that mindset so i understood later on yes this is something which th- there can be some uh, people with bright ideas or they want to tell something but maybe they don't have some forum where they can share or highlight things or some people uh, maybe lacking some kind of motivation or appreciation uh, for the work they are doing so after i came back and uh, we started this movement i i understood that there are lot many people who are talented it is it is not with respect to designation or not with respect to their level but the level of ideas they were having were amazing maybe they were not able to communicate in a language to the higher ups but there was amazing talent which i understood i realized that yes there is a spark within everybody who can bring some difference 
so this was a great experience in my throughout my career i can name this initiative where i learned many things from others and i connected with so many people connection yes connecting the system to more of itself as my friend and mentor myron rogers explained it is a critical success factor in organizational change the deliberate intentional action of connecting more colleagues to each other in a variety of ways across functional lines but also hierarchical levels locations and more is one of the unique features of this approach why does it matter because relationships are not just what makes work more enjoyable today relationships are the work it was a disconnect that we had in the shop floor as we started doing things together talking about it making changes and actually becoming an infection for other departments because now it's like a virus they doing it it's working let's try something new and let me tell you the interaction with other departments other sites was amazing because we're doing the same work but what happens if you don't communicate how do you know you're not going to get something from that department or even that site that could help your site and that's what we did expose the software to become a voice of the company this quality cultural initiative was a, such a different kind of approach where it is not binding a person within an area we we don't say you do your work we say okay you are working in that in this area but you can think of improving this area as well as something else which you have observed so if you don't have connection with other team come on let us connect with them so in this way people were getting connected with different departments we saw people with a different kind of role for example a finance person or a hr person who were never thinking about gmp because they have their set of own activities it is not needed but they were also coming into the movement saying that yes we are in we also want to participate so in this way we we were actually digging deep down into the area where we were talking with a even a contract person who was in a washing area so who was also curious to participate to tell okay we have this kind of issue here maybe i think regularly i'm working in this way but i think this this is the way we can make some difference by this way we can save something or by this way we can save some time or we can improve compliance or we are doing some processes which is redundant duplicate i'm recording here i'm recording here i'm recording there but i don't think we have to record three ways or this is electronically recorded but still we are recording somewhere so in this way they were coming up with ideas where this was completely different so in this way we we were actually aligning with the regulatory requirements at the same time we were actually focusing on the thing which is needed so there is lot of difference so here even the top management was very happy seeing their team getting engaged motivated coming up not only with problems but with solutions as well it, it was not like they are coming and complaining i don't have this i don't have that there is some problem but they were coming up with some solution saying that we already spoke with this team and we have this solution so this is in a short if i want to say there was lot of ownership when you compare with the classical and this there was lot of ownership here uh, at the shop floor uh, which is the main needed thing in any any area whether it's a gmp industry or some industry ownership is the main thing they should not think i am coming for some money which is getting paid but they have to own that work that's the only way we can change 
things. We change things by getting people to want to act together for a common cause over time. Contrast this with traditional corporate efforts to get people on board during the onboarding process, only to ignore them afterward, an experience many employees can relate to. When they go into the shop floor and they complete their all SOPs, trainings, they go inside to work. The fire which they have ignited during the onboarding will slowly diminish because they don't see any purpose of what they read and what they are doing. They, so somehow they miss that linkage, that connection. They don't see some, I, I'm not telling uh, for every company, I don't know if there are some certain platforms in other companies, but for me, what is my thought process? I'm just trying to explain. So if there is uh, no a forum or uh, area where these people can connect with other stakeholders or share their ideas or they uh, share like this is a process where we can improve or they may think I'm a new joinee. I should not talk. First of all, I should learn here. I have to unlearn all my previous things. I have to get adopted to this area. So some kind of mindset. So this should not be there. So not only policies, but they should have some kind of forums where this policy is working. And these kind of movements, they can actually keep this fire within the employee continuously. So they can reignite the purpose of their work. They can encourage them, motivate them. So it, it is not only industry, but even in family, if some kind of motivation, appreciation is lacking, because, as I said, we are human beings. We need that kind of appreciation every time. So that appreciation should be there as a fuel for people. So these movements can ignite, can give certain kind of power. But slowly, if it is not integrated into the culture and commitment from the top, there is no use. It, it comes back to the zero the, the legacy repeats. So these kind of moments are actually a triggering factor to ignite this fire. But at the same time, they have to, uh, I don't say like this movement should continue, but it should embed into the culture from the top to bottom. All right. It seems clear now that this community engagement approach to business and corporate culture opportunities is not your typical change management thing. But does it work across cultures? Can we engage people together while holding on to their cultural differences? That's a really important question for global organizations. But also, given the workforce's increasing diversity, it matters for any team, really. We have different cultures across countries. We Not only countries, if you take India, it's a very diverse land. We have different religions, different languages, different background. So it changes a lot, but we, we should not think anything is impossible. Everything is possible because it's a mindset. It's a mindset of uh, doing the right thing in a right way and owning it, whether it is quality, pharmacovigilance, whatever it is. Lewis explains that it is because we all care. It's a hard thing. It's human. The caring brings out the best from people, wherever they are, and it brings them together. Unlike conventional methods that push for alignment and conformity to a dominant cultural model, this community engagement approach makes the diversity of cultures and perspectives a real driver for progress. But what kind of progress? What does it bring exactly? 
Let's hear again from Lavania and Louis. There were many people in the shop floor who never saw the face of Sighthead. Because they they were going inside to work, they, they were going home. But they never had a chance. So, fine, there, there were some uh, lean management things where uh, the leaders were going inside to see. But they were scared. Like, I see my Sighthead from afar seeing like, ah, yeah. okay sir has come i'll go back but <laughs> there was never a chance me going directly and speaking what i think so we said like okay we'll go to the senior leadership we'll discuss what is happening what we want to do and then we will ask them whether they can come and hear to the volunteers so we went to them we uh, told them what we are thinking and what is the purpose and then we invited them and they said yes fine we will come we will listen what you want to say what are your ideas and how different they are from the current things so they came so when they saw people presenting action plans they were like they were amazed they they thought like wow i we never saw from cross functions people are coming as one team presenting some other area which is not related to them and talking something and they are coming up with this can be a uh, issue this can be something resistance from this area so this is the solution they they were coming up with everything so they were very happy after the meeting was done they were so happy they said like wow wow this this is great we always wanted people to work like one department and this is how it is working and i we really appreciate the way you are working and they said like can you lavanya can you conduct some more workshops for the shop floor where we can engage them empower them ask them whether there are any issues in their areas or can they give some improvement ideas so can you conduct some workshops which which was for the first time selin so <laughs> it was like wow within within very few days it was from the top from the bottom from the middle everybody were like so excited <laughs> and then <laughs> within next few months everybody were in Th- that was the initial story which which i will never forget <laughs> i i still see those pictures sometimes and <laughs> i really feel uh, happy seeing those uh, memories we have an individual called chuck he's been in the company for many many years and his voice was never heard and one of the things that he felt very very down every year doing the same thing over and over and and came with some ideas that he says this could save the company time and money but because they actually felt like they want to touch it they want to experiment they didn't do anything once he started to talk about his ideas and they started to work now became so popular He actually he actually used to go to the cafeteria have lunch. Now it takes him 15 minutes longer because everybody wants to say, "Wow, that's great. You know how you did it. This did everything else." What's interesting is how a person that was so disengaged, negative become engaged and positive. Again, it comes out to together you make it better. Chuck's story is indeed exemplary. Because no one cared He kept an improvement idea for himself for nine years. Nine years. When, thanks to our movement, he finally felt heard and encouraged, 
Chuck, the disgruntled shop floor trainer, implemented the improvement he'd been thinking of. It made a small but noticeable difference, which we celebrated. And so Chuck became popular, recognized, and proud. Now, guess what? Just a few months later, Chuck came up with another improvement idea that resulted this time in big savings for the company. Such collective, voluntary movement brings great value to organizations. But as we see, the beauty is that they also bring a lot to the individuals involved. At first, I didn't know what I was going to get into. I knew that I could help out. In what capacity, I had no idea. But to bring so many individuals to volunteer, which makes it very different. When you volunteer, you want to do something. Now you don't have to do something. You want to do something. That brought to me a skill that I didn't know I had, which was bringing together so many people to go and do the same goal that we all want to do. It brought me happiness. Why? Seeing people engaged, seeing people come up with different ideas and help them say, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's bring it to a different department. Let's move it on. Let's make it happen. And they feel appreciated when something that happens. But not only that, it helps the department. So that comes back where you feel like you're part of the company and not just work for the company. And this brought so much joy just to see everything get together and, and, and really, really feel like, you know what? We're doing something positive. We're doing something to help the world. We're doing something to just get better. It was like a self-realization. I, I never knew that I had that kind of energy, power, where I can pull people. I can connect them. I can learn so many things. Because in my area, I, I was thinking like, okay, I know all the process. I know all the procedures. So I come, I go, I do my work. Whatever is given, I deliver. So that was kind of mindset. But I learned, no, 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 this is not the way to work. We we have to explore many other areas. We have to reinvent the wheel. We So many people don't reinvent the wheel. This is what generally they say. No, you have to reinvent the wheel. You, you have to find out different ways of working. Because GMPs are not the same since ages. They're getting updated. Regulatory requirements are not the same. They're getting updated. Why? They can make a mandate, right? But they are getting updated. Things change with the time. Similarly, we have to change ourselves. So we have to rethink on the way we are working, whether we are doing the same work, how we can make it fun as well. Because, yes, I, sorry, <laughs> this is a regulated environment. <laughs> I'm not talking about fun and all things. But for a person who is working, they have to enjoy. So we have to create an environment where people are happy to be compliant. They should feel happy. They should not feel stressed. I have to do this. I have to do that. When they understand the purpose, they will never, never feel stressed. If you give them proper time, if you give a proper planning, you don't push them, you don't stress them. They are happy. They're happy to do what is written. So I have learned it is possible. It is possible to deliver more without stress. We can learn from so many people, not only from a person who is above me, but from a person who is at a shop floor also. I, I learned so many things from them, even if from shop floor. It also brought Lewis an award, the Inspiring Workplaces Unsung Hero Award. So well-deserved. That was an amazing award. Why I say that? Because 
when I went and gave a speech on how we operate, how it feels to be part of the shop floor, how it feels when you wake up in the morning, you have to go there repeatedly, go do over and over the same thing. And to talk in front of all the HR individuals that were there, that was amazing. A little scary, but it worked out. <laughs> when you have people working on the top and not actually experiencing what individuals pass through, they open their eyes and say, wow, that's how it is? That's how you really feel? And that brought so much energy to, to the room where people actually, that silence, they heard every word that I said. And when I finished, it was an amazing experience because they kept talking about the speech that I actually was talking my own experience. What is happening here is deep people engagement. I see well-intentioned organizations doing their best to meet the mundane expectations of their employees. That's nice, but it's not people engagement. Keeping your employees in a consumerist mindset will not solve any business problem, and you can never fully satisfy all their desires, which are infinite. On the other hand, engaging people, letting them shape the future together, creating the conditions for them to feel like actors rather than spectators, or worse, <laughs> victims, is what really engages people. Maybe not 100% of them. Some people just think it's just a job. But when you have people that want to make it better and, and you, you have a stop, you have a, a, a wall there, and say, sorry, you can't do that. So then what are you there for? You know you can make it better. And that's why a lot of companies lose a lot of good people. They do not listen to the employees. But when they do listen, it's a huge advantage to attracting and retaining talent. Isn't it, Lavanya? So I'm a very spiritual kind of person. Uh, so I like to spend my free time going to temples, visiting temples, uh, understanding uh, the Indian way of uh, living, the Vedas and all those things. And I uh, spend most of my time listening to uh, the discourses by great gurus. So one of the guru said like, if a person stamps on a snake and thinks that the snake will not bite me because I have my feet on it and the risk is mitigated. You are wrong. Someday you will lift up your feet, the snake will bite you. So similarly in the organizations, if we hide the issues, we fix some uh, quick fixes, we have some procedures and we think, okay, we are fine today. No, the traditional kind of firefightings, quick fixes, they won't save the industries. So we have to identify, we have to give time, we have to give right action and mitigate it. Otherwise, we are in dead danger because the traditional kind of boss, okay, boss says you have to listen silently, implement. See, the generations have changed. If you see the current generations, the millennials, they are not going to hear you, what you are saying, until unless you, you speak some logic, they are not going to buy you because they are already from a very good background they have all comforts, luxuries. Money is not with the main thing for nowadays generation. So earlier uh, generation, they used to work for money. Money is not the main thing now. They should sense that purpose where they are working. They should sense that kind of culture there. Otherwise, 
we are not going to retain talent i asked louis and lavania what they would like leaders to know uh, from this or to understand better hey that's free advice directly from the shop floor when you give people freedom when you give people time things could work very different and working in shop floor like i said before it's hard to work there because you are a piece of that machine and when you give a little bit of time to do different things then at that point people will see a difference of how much better it could be leaders so they there are different kinds of leaderships we all know we were trained on many things the leaders there are different kinds of mentalities so all kind of leadership is good because it depends on the situation how you become you become aggressive you become empathetic you play emotionally with the intelligence and all those things so leadership basically they should lead by example for any business any business it's the delivery it there is no doubt for a business to sustain there should be delivery but for a delivery to sustain it is not always kind of traditional thing we we see many companies today they deploy different kinds of uh, hr say it is employee benefits or this kind of culture that anything is quality culture for me so leaders what they fix not only for showing uh, regulatory authorities if they say this is my policy this is the quality policy this is my company policy you show it you live it you lead it so if if i am talking something if if i demonstrate that i am doing it why not the below one they will also follow me right first of all if i say selin you should be here by 7 o'clock and i come at 10 o'clock how do you feel <laughs> it is as simple as that so we have to live what we are saying simple participate be with you go see how you doing say listen you guys you're doing a great job encourage engage and once you have the top and the bottom engaging wow that's very powerful i learned that change is inevitable i learned that movements are needed but to sustain it to sustain quality culture the commitment is needed from the top a word of conclusion louis to engage your employees and they will take your company to another level especially in shop floor and that's for sure may you be heard dear levania and luis to everyone listening to us i hope you've enjoyed this dare to unlead podcast series and this bonus episode i hope they inspired new thoughts and opened new possibilities and if they did please let me know and share with your friends get in touch if you feel i can help you and your business in a fragmented world we need to learn and master the art of relational leadership i am here for you and with you as you dare to unlead thank you all for listening you'll find more info in dare to unlead the book and all links in the podcast episode description. And now, what else? Action. To explore further and apply these ideas to your own context, reach out to me at we need social.com.
Let's unlead together.